The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. And therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable for judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to brother Raga will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, Leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, 
not by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Do you believe those words that we just heard? Yes? Let me see your right hands. I still got mine, too. Note how odd this is. On the one hand, we say we believe that, and yet on the other, we've all made a decision about how we're going to receive that word. Isn't that interesting? Our readings today turn on the issue of decision, precisely the decision about how we are going to relate to the word and the wisdom of God. And at first glance, it sounds like everything might be optional when we hear in the first reading, you can obey the commandments if you want. And we sit there and say, Oh, you mean there's an option? I could, I could let them go? But then the reading continues. If you want, you can obey them and they will lead you to life. Or you could not obey them and you're going to get something that's not life. And, but note that the issue turns not on the idea that we are ordered to do something but that life itself has a law to it. Life itself has a logic to it. Life itself comes with demands. The commandments of God are that kind of commandment. They are not mere orders, but they are those requirements that when they are followed, allow life to flourish. And so the author of the first reading inspired by the Holy Spirit, speaks of the Lord placing before us things that we can stretch out our hands to. That hand, remember that Jesus is talking about chopping off? And he says, I'm putting before you fire and water. You get to choose. Stretch out your hand to whichever one. One's going to burn you but you can choose it. And it's not going to burn you because you disobeyed me. It's going to burn you because that's what it does. That's what wickedness does. That's what selfishness does. That's what indifference does. In the end, it burns us. Or you could stretch out your hand to water, and that will sustain you and renew you and refresh you, because that's what it does. I'm going to place before you, the Lord says, life and death. But you do get to choose. You do get to choose. You can stretch out your hand either way. So make your choice, and whatever you stretch out your hand to, 
That's what you'll get. Note how direct and simple that is and how sobering. Because we stretch out our hands to many things, don't we? Often without thinking, often impulsively. Oftentimes we find ourselves living in a way that's merely reactive. I'm responding to what's going on around me and because I'm upset, I reach out to something and what do I find? It hurts me or it hurts someone that I love. But I'm the one who stretched out my hand to it. And that's not a mere punishment for disobedience, it's the unhealthy is going to do that. And so note the Lord saying it's important to be clear. We are those who do stretch out our hands to things, often without thinking. And so note, the Lord says, you can live that way. You can live that way or not. And you can learn to seek out and to stretch out your hand to the better things. This is something that the human heart has struggled with from the very beginning, when Eve and Adam stretched out their hand in the wrong direction in the Garden of Eden, thinking they were seizing for themselves fulfillment and pleasure and wisdom and life and finding that their hands were filled with sorrow and pain, and death. And this tragically misguided stretching out of the hand in the wrong direction has been with us ever since. Small wonder then that to save us, we see the Lord stretching out his hand on the cross in love to take upon himself all of the woundedness that we can't bear. But note again, the Lord saying to us, you do sooner or later have to realize life is not merely about choosing things. It's about choosing wisely, choosing rightly, choosing well. Real freedom is, rests on a certain maturity, rests on a certain discipline, rests on a certain consistency of saying, I don't just think I want what's good. I, in fact, do want what's good. And to have what is good, I have to keep choosing it. And in choosing it, I have to learn not to choose the wrong things. And we miss this all the time. The paradox of freedom is that the more I use it, the more limited my options become. The minute I choose between two relationships, I'm now committed to one. Note how that works. If I have infinite possibilities, it means I haven't used my freedom at all. The more options I have, the more paralyzed I become. But the minute I begin to use my freedom, I begin to define myself. And by making choices, what happens is, while I have fewer options, I have deeper ones and better ones. And note what happens, though, if I choose wrongly and keep choosing wrongly. 
I go deeper and deeper down that rabbit hole of frustration and failure and self-indulgence. And in the end, I'm down so deep, I don't know how to get out of it. But when I choose rightly and begin to discipline myself choosing rightly, it means I have to say no to certain things. But the point is not the no to those things. The point is the yes to the good that I'm choosing. And the deeper and the more consistently I say yes to what is right and yes to what is good, again, the more narrow my field of choices might be, but the deeper the goodness in which I stand and in which I live and out of which I act. Those of you who raise children, you know this. Not only do you have to teach them how to choose right from wrong and no good from bad, because sometimes they will reach out their hands innocently to that which will hurt them. But likewise, for your family to thrive, you have to say no to certain things. You have to say no to certain ways of using your time and yes to other things. It's like that across the board with life. We find ourselves in trouble when we don't commit to the good. And this is now where the teaching of Jesus comes in, this difficult but very important teaching in our gospel today. And note how Jesus frames it. You've heard it said in the books of the law, by the teachers of the law, in the words of the prophets even, you've heard this. And then the Lord says, but I'm saying something more. And I'm calling you to the more. And why would he do that? Because the human heart loves the minimum. If I can do the minimum and everything is okay, that's marvelous. But let's be honest, that's no great credit to us, is it? That's just getting by. And so the Lord is saying, oh, you can just get by, but do you really want to live? Because there's a difference between living and getting by. And if you really want to live, what I say to you is this. Stop fooling yourselves. And so note, he says to them, you have to be better than the scribes and the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. And why would he say that? Because it's easy to be the guy who tells everybody else how to live without doing that himself. That's the danger all of us who dress like this fall into a lot. <laughs> and so note what the Lord is saying. It's, it's not enough to teach the right. It's living the right that's important. And then he says, now let's talk about what that means. And he uses these examples of going deeper than the minimum. It's not enough for you to come up to me and say, I've never murdered anybody. So I'm happy for you. But honestly, that's a pretty low bar, isn't it? That is a very low bar. But the Lord says, oh, you may not have physically done that. Oh, but those things you think in your heart about somebody? Those things you would do if you had the opportunity and no one was watching? What about that? 
because you might not have physically acted on it. Oh, but you're living in it. You're living in that attitude, and that attitude is poisoning your life. So get rid of that. I may not have acted violently, but it may have been years since the last time I spoke to my brother or my sister. And Jesus is saying, and what's going on there? And is what separates you really that important? Really that great that it can't be overcome? Let's talk about that. Note what the Lord is saying. Saying I haven't done certain things openly, visibly, and externally, that's a good beginning, but all that is, my friends, is a beginning. The real question is, what am I living out of? What is that fountain in my heart out of which I'm thinking and choosing and acting? And so, because if you really want the good the Lord is saying, stop poisoning your heart. Because that's what anger does. That's what lack of forgiveness does. That's what deceitfulness and selfishness and lust and greed do. Oh, we may not act on those things visibly, but we nurse them inside ourselves. And so our ability to know the good, see the good, live the good, and choose the good becomes truncated. And the biggest obstacle to my living is me and what I'm holding inside of me. And it's in this context then, what do you really want? That Jesus now uses that image of the eye and the hand. And we've got to talk about this. And note what he says, if your eye causes you to sin, if your right eye is always looking where it should not be looking, and pulling the rest of you along with it. Then pluck that bad boy out and get rid of it. I'm not seeing many patches. And I'm not wearing one either. And note the Lord, and if your right hand has the habit of reaching for that thing that is no good, if your right hand holds onto it and won't let it go, well then, chop that bad boy off and get rid of it, because it's better you lose that than lose yourself. And yet, again, we've got lots of right hands here in the church today. So note what we've all done. We've all, in some way, said to ourselves, Jesus doesn't really mean that. Jesus doesn't want us to go plucking our eyes out, and Jesus doesn't want us to go chopping our arms off. He doesn't. But know what happens if we're not careful. We hear those words, and we say, Jesus is exaggerating to make a point, and what do we do? We give ourselves permission to stop listening. Because he is, but he is saying something with that difficult example. And so he doesn't, while he doesn't want us to physically damage ourselves, he does want us to do something. And the real question then is, what is Jesus getting at with this difficult example of the eye and the hand? And he's saying this. Sometimes we think 
that in order to function, in order to live, in order to get by, we need to hold on to something that isn't good because it's so important and we don't know what we would do without it. Whether it's the chemical my body is addicted to, whether it are those unhealthy and immoral compromises sometimes we make in the name of business, whether it's that bad habit I have that just takes the edge off of everything. And we think, if I don't have that, I'm not going to function. All too many of us, often women, but not only women, find themselves trapped in unhealthy relationships, thinking, I should get out of this, but what will I do without that person? It would be like cutting off my right hand. It would cripple my ability to do business. It would cripple my ability to function. It would cripple my ability to get along in the world. That's what Jesus is getting at. And he's saying, what's it going to be? Do you really want life? Or do you want to walk healthy? toward death. That's what he's saying. So he's saying that thing which you know isn't good for you, that tells you it's necessary for you, that thing which you know is poisoning you and is robbing you of your ability to do good, that thing which acts like it's so necessary for you to have, do something about it. And that's why he uses that violent language of cut it out. Because every now and then we have to make a choice just to move on from something. Sometimes what we do is we fool ourselves staying, let me stage out of this. Let me let it go a little bit at a time. And sometimes that works, but a lot of times it doesn't. And if something is really pulling my life off course, the Lord is saying, and do something about it. Do something about it and recognize you might be limited in the world, but you will move with good legs toward grace and freedom and life. And let's not forget this. The one who tells us to do this is Jesus Christ. He who stepped out of heaven because he decided for you. He who stretches out his hands on the cross because he decided for you. He who spills every drop of his blood because he decided for you. And do we really think that the Lord who will do all of that for us isn't going to help us if we take him at his word? If we take the risk and have the trust that says, let me begin moving away from this which is tearing me down, do we think he's not going to help us? Do we think he's not going to be with us? And one might say, I'm crippling my ability to function in the world, but he's with me. And that's better than having a full ability to function because his strength is greater than mine. His weakness is greater than my strength. 
And so note the Lord here as he speaks to his apostles and he's saying, decide who you're going to be. Decide what you're going to be about and recognize that with the decision, with the exercise of the freedom, there does come a requirement. If you're going to choose life, then choose it. And be about making that choice. I'm putting before you life and death. Stretch out your hands because you're going to sooner or later. And what you stretch out your hand to is what you'll receive. Let it be life. And note how wonderful it is that we hear those words today here in this place. Because in just a couple minutes, he's going to be here on this altar. The same Jesus Christ. And he's going to come down off that altar. And he's going to wait for you here at the head of one of these aisles. And you're going to come forward. And what are you going to do? You're going to stretch out your hand, aren't you? You're going to stretch it out to him. You're going to stretch it out to life. Because here at the head of this aisle, I am not going to be standing here holding both life and death for you to stretch out your hands to. Just life. And we get to come forward and stretch out our hands to life and receive him and take him into us. And why? so that his presence can continue to strengthen us that we can learn every single day. I'm stretching my hand out to life. That's what I'm about. That's what we're about. And so in the midst of these difficult words and this hard teaching that Jesus gives us is that beautiful truth. And that one who learns day in and day out to stretch out the hand toward life is that one who will most fully, most perfectly, and most beautifully live and know the good. Would that be all of us? Amen.